0: David. Hey, so Sid's, Sid's back in her bathroom so yeah. we can have our, our podcast again. This
1: is where I film and record podcasts now. This
0: my is your studio.
1: studio apartment bathroom. I kind of <laughs> like it. It's like my own personal <laughs> office in here. So, How are
0: you dealing with isolation in a studio apartment? Uh, you know, that right luckily
1: <laughs> we have a bigger version of what you would think a studio apartment is and we have 16 foot ceilings and a huge windows. And I'm, I mean, that was one of the selling point of getting a studio versus a one bedroom. Cause I could not give up the light and the height of these windows. Right. I was like, I right. don't care how small it is. I want the light. And then we have an outdoor terrace. So I sit out there all day. I am determined to look like I spent quarantine at the beach. Yeah. <laughs> and it is just so nice to like, after being sick for all of March to just spend all of April, like outside in the sun, like I haven't, I haven't really. La- I've been doing all my student coaching calls outside. No
0: I'm one like, can apologies see. Apologies for the sirens no one- <laughs> in
1: the background.
0: <laughs> no one can see my background, but I have a. I have like a tropical tree here. Just we'll show of, it. We
1: should show it on Instagram. We should take just a to look. kind
0: of bring the feel. And I have a blue wall. I'm just trying to bring <laughs> some sort of. Reprieve How is your from-
1: isolation?
0: <laughs> it's not good. I'm gonna tell
1: I'm you that, right? Quarantation. I know no, you and I it's... you and I deal with stress very differently. David used to say in classes when we were teaching people about reactivity and stress that two people can be going through the same thing and have two different experiences. And he would always use this is when we were actually us as teaching. An example. Class. Yeah, you would use us as an example and you would say. Sid and I could be on the same roller coaster, and Sid would be like screaming with joy, and I would be gripping for,
0: right. <laughs> I'd my be life. screaming with pain, anxiety, and, and panic. that's kind
1: of what we're going through
0: right now. That's what it feels like. But I do think the one good thing about the quarantine, and we talked about it in our last couple of podcasts, is that it gives us a chance to start implementing changes in our lives and our business that we mm-hmm. may not have done before. And I think a lot of times we don't change because of time because we don't have time right? Or, you know, something is like, even the tools that we talk about, they're hard to implement while you're constantly working. But I think now is kind of the time to, to think of those.
1: Well, rock bottom is usually a good, a good time (laughs) to (laughs) invoke a change, but it's true. I mean, we always tell people that you don't jump into coaching or you don't jump into huge changes until you are so sick of your situation or so sick of yourself that you have nothing left to do besides change. Exactly. And so that's where we're at
2: right now as and
0: humanity. I think, I think that's why we have our next guest is to just bring another level of awareness of what we can start implementing and changing. So I'm really excited that Chris, Kristen Rankin is with us from the dress code project and they are going to fill us in on everything queer in the salon world. I hope me instead are, are part of the queer community and we are uneducated. on on certain subjects. So we're excited Mm -hmm. to talk to you, Kristen.
2: Uh, I'm so excited to be here. I know you know, we've been trying to connect for quite some time, like we've a missing, year. I think it's been a year. We keep missing each other. I was gonna be in New York last year for Pride, and then I wasn't. And you know, so it's uh, it's really lovely to finally connect with you folks and uh, yeah. to be here talking to you. I obviously follow you and I love all the things that you're doing. So, um, we love really, you too. We follow you. Really we love nice. you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And David, I'm loving your hair right now. That's my oh, quarantine. His hair
0: is, is out of is, control, it's people lovely. know just where the hair is yeah. because of his.
2: Like, it's lovely. <laughs> you have great hair. Thank
0: you. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. yeah. Um, but Kristen, where I thought you were from the states, but you're from Canada.
2: Yeah, I have a lot mm-hmm. of um, I have a lot of connection with the states um, because my business partner is um, Lauren Cairns from Fox and Gene, and, mm-hmm. um, and she lives in New York. Uh, and there's multiple locations and we have multiple locations so I have quite a lot of um, connection with the U.S. so I'm in the U.S. a lot and so I think a lot of people think that I am from the U.S. but I'm just a little little Canadian over here just (laughs) hanging out.
0: (laughs) They (laughs) said that
2: this was my washroom and I was like is that a Canadian thing? I love it. (laughs) I didn't even think of that. Uh, There's (laughs) like other yeah it's it's funny sometimes we'll be talking and 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 yeah, I'll just get the like I'll say A and Lauren will giggle
0: and I'm like, all right, stop it. <laughs> I can't That's wait so for funny. these
2: to come yeah. out. Yeah. Some
0: Canadianisms. So, yeah. yeah. We'd love to hear, you know, we have we have you on because we want to learn more about um how to be a safe space, how to make salons become a safe space, how to use, you know, gender pronouns properly, even just some of the psychology behind all of that. I think mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of rules that people are confused by, but also giving them why, you know, why we do, why we say the things we do, why we set up the boundaries we set up. But also I think people are interested in hearing your story uh, of, of being in the beauty industry and maybe what you experienced that started the dress code project.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I mean, you know, I think it it all comes down to when we're talking about the bigger picture within salons and whatnot, um, it all just comes down to respecting people, right? Like at the very core of it, Mm -hmm. it's about being kind, it's about being nice, respecting someone when they walk into your salon, regardless of who they are, how they identify. Um, And and that's kind of like how I think that's how we roll, really, right? You know, we just, uh, we saw that there was something happening through an experience that I had, and we just um, as an organization, we wanted to change it. Yeah. And and um, of course, I wasn't an organization when you know I had this experience. I, I'm a hairstylist by trade. Um, I've been in the business for 14 years. Um, uh, my mom was a hairstylist, so I grew up in salons. Um, and uh it wasn't anything I plan on doing, I just got into it because I really loved the creativity and the freedom of it. And, um, and I love being a hairstylist and I love my industry. I love all the people that I get to meet and folks like yourself. Um, it's just so lovely meeting everyone, you know? And so I had an experience, gosh, it was almost four years ago. Now. Um, I was in my salon in Toronto. I was cutting a transgender woman's hair and, um, You know, it was just like, honestly, there was really nothing spectacular about this haircut or this exchange or this experience until she left. And the next day she tweeted to my salon that um, the haircut that I gave her was the very first time she'd ever felt like a woman in a hair salon. I know, like said exactly, the reaction that you just gave was kind of like (laughs) how I felt, you know, and (laughs) I'm sure like, as both of you probably know as hairstylists yourselves, like when we do something good for people and when we make them happy with how they look, that is like the light of our day. Right. It mm-hmm. makes us I mean, isn't feel... that why we got into what
1: we, what we exactly. do Exactly, like, right? Yeah. Regardless like making... of gender, you know, just making exactly. a human being feel good.
2: Yeah. There's like no border or boundary to that. Right. You, you make someone like look at themselves in the mirror and they're happy and you're just like, you're glowing. Right. Mm-hmm. And, okay. um, and so when I had that experience with her, that was my immediate reaction. I was just like, "Oh my god! Like she's so happy with her hair. This is awesome!" And then I was like, "Oh my god! She's never experienced this before." And that's yeah. where that uh, the uh, that you just gave that's where that came in. And yeah. I was just yeah. yeah, I was like, "Wow!" She and she had told me through our conversation that she had been out uh, as a transgender woman for five years already. And I was just like, "So you've either been getting and it took haircut, her five years, five years to yeah. feel that way." Five years. And so it's like you're, you've either been getting your haircut for five years in a way that's not making you happy, not making you feel like who you are, it's not representing you visually, or you just haven't been getting your haircut at all. Right. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, and either one of those situations are sad to me. And, you know, um, I love, I love being a hairstylist, as I said, but I also love my community. And my community is so important to me. And, um, and I just thought like, right now, our community and our hairstylist community, they're not like gelling the best way they possibly could. Mm
0: -hmm. And then I
2: was just like, all right, someone needs to do something about this. And then I just like, waited for someone to do something about (laughs) it. We did that too You're for like, a while.
0: Like, like, I'm yeah. not going to do anything about it, but I hope someone does. Somebody
1: yeah,
2: does. To- yeah. <laughs> like, David, I
1: think we need to create a coaching program because
2: no one else is doing this right now. Totally. Exactly. <laughs> that It was definitely as like, you know, and just on that, like as a hairstylist, that was my next thing. It's like somebody needs to help hairstylists learn how to be business people. Right. And, yeah. um, and so you, you all did that. And so, a so Yeah. Funny. Yeah, so I just, I waited, and then I was like, oh, wait, maybe this is in my head, and no one else is in my head, so I should probably (laughs) maybe think about doing something.
0: Did you, did this story happen after you went through your experience? Like, how do you identify yourself?
2: Yeah, so I... You know, I feel like all of us have our own journey, right? Especially, um, you know, Absolutely. when you're young. Yeah, when you're younger and you're, you're you know, if, you, if you're if you lucky enough to be a millennial or Gen Z or something like that, and you've come out early in your life and didn't have to spend a lot of time in the closet, that's amazing. But that was definitely not my story. Um, I grew up in an Irish Catholic house. Um,
0: the devil whammy.
2: You know, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> And although like I came out a bit later and although both of my parents were really accepting cause I was just lucky that their love conquered any kind of prejudice they might've had. Um, I, I know so many people haven't experienced that. And definitely one of the things that I struggled with was like, how do I identify? Cause I, for sure my whole life, um, looking back on it now as an adult, uh, I definitely didn't feel like a woman, but I also didn't really feel like a man. Um, I remember having a lot of guy friends and thinking like, oh I, like I want to be like them like, or I wish like I could gain muscle the way they could or I wish I could date a woman <laughs> or you know mm-hmm. something like that. Um, but I wasn't transgender in the, in the sense that I wanted to actually transition. Yeah. So I kind of like, and I don't even know if like back then I even knew what any of that meant anyway, right? You have all these yeah. feelings, but I don't, I don't know think anybody had, did. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if we had the words or the terminology or just the know-how, right? We were just trying to survive. And, um, and then, and so as an adult, as I've been going through all of this and, and really um, diving into our, our community and um, the different identities and intersections. Um, I feel as though I'm very androgynous. Like if someone were to ask me, I really kind of fall on that androgynous side of things, which is like, you know, I like to wear t-shirts and pants. And I like to just be very like minimal and low key. And um, I use they, them pronouns. And uh, I, I don't really like being called ma'am or you know, it kind of just like always twinges me like right in the eyeball. And we could just get um, rid think, of
0: that in general. I feel like it just, yeah. anything.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: It makes sexist. me feel older.
2: It harms, <laughs> it is, it's very it?
0: harmful. It's a harmful word. It is. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Agreed. So yeah, I just kind of, that's where I fall. Like I, I definitely would say I'm kind of more non-binary than anything.
0: Okay. Yeah. And what, when did you start or what was your first experience of helping a salon understand obviously you had this experience with the transgender woman that made you feel good. You started kind of probably realizing I need to think I'm going to have to do something. And then what was your first, I guess, project or what was your the first birth of the
2: dress code project? Yeah. What
0: was the yeah. first thing that you did?
2: Uh, so I really needed to learn, right? Um, like, you know, we're all in in the queer community in some way, but, you know, um, we stick with our letter though,
1: right? Like, and then we don't really look
2: past that. Like, I'm like,
1: I'm only going to focus on the L and like hone in on that. But you forget that there's a whole
2: broad community that we're supporting. Right. And we're like, uh, you know, we're so intersectional to your point, Sid. And, uh, so I think for me, it was like, I need to fully understand this. So I went and got training, um, and then I started with um, people around me that I know that are, you know, just like really amazing people, super smart, really great at research. And we started researching everything we possibly could. And then I started getting active and involved with community centers within um, my reach that I could physically go to and spend time with and learn more about um, the community at large. So, you know, community centers that were focusing on LGBTQ2S needs and whatnot. And I got involved with them and I like, started talking to the youth and you know I'm talking to these 15 year olds about how they want their hair done and like what this all means to them and and it was really kind of like just my mind you know it was like it really opened my eyes a lot and um, I think that was a really good start I did that for like a year and a half before I I started anything and then I started with my own salon
1: it's amazing how much miseducation happens even within the community like you know yes. like I think this is a good opportunity for world. So you doing that research is incredible because I, I don't think enough people take the
2: time to research something that they don't understand.
0: I think there's a lot of fear too. No, I, yeah, there I think there's is. a lot of fear around
2: it. Yeah. And that was my fear was I I don't really, I don't want to misrepresent anything. I don't want to pretend that I know something that I don't, I don't want to speak for other people. Um, So I really needed to just like know as much as I could. And you yeah, know that was kind of how it started. And then like I started with my own salon, you know, I was like, well, if you're going to do this, you kind of have to do it at home first. Right. So I wanted to make sure that my salon was safe space for um, all kinds of folks within like in everywhere, but especially within the LGBTQ2S communities.
1: Where did the birth of the, the safe space come from within the dress code project? Like how did you start to blossom that outward in the industry to make other salons and studios safe spaces?
2: Yeah, again, it started um, when I was speaking to a lot of the um, counselors with the community uh, centers that I was working with. Like, they really talked about their spaces for the youth as being safe spaces for the youth to come. A lot of the youth that they work with were marginalized in one way or another. They Their homes sometimes weren't safe for them and whatnot. So they really made it... Um, a, like their community center, a safe space. And I started like asking, like, how do you do this? What makes a safe space what qualifies you? And so I started to recognize that it was really just that the minute someone walked in your door, they were, they were recognized and respected. And so I started to put together, like, how, how do we do that in a hair salon? Right. Cause hair salons are crazy sometimes, right. Like they're wild. <laughs> and like, it, with an eclectic amount of people, right. Like they're Totally. Different people. Exactly. And, um, so I actually went to a a big charity here that focuses within uh, the queer community. And I started talking to them about this. I did some training with them. And and then we created a guide um, that I now distribute to salons when they become part of the dress code project. And it's, we called it the Gender Affirming um, Safer Space Salon Guide. And so what it is, is just kind of like, it's an infographic. I think it's like 25 pages long and it's really just like a manual or a layout of like how you as an individual hairstylist, as a salon space, as a group of hairstylists, as a salon owner, how you can create safer spaces for folks in the LGBTQ community coming in to get haircuts.
0: So cool. And I think everyone's going to want to know how to get that yeah, <laughs> yeah. So how, how, how does would, everyone how, become
2: a safe space how does
0: everyone that's listening go get their hands on that material and, and learn
2: yeah so we have a website and um it's it's a uh, project.com and people can go to the website and if you're a salon owner or a hairstylist we have a button that is join us. If you click that, it brings up an intake form that you fill out and it goes to us. And it'll have a number of questions. Those questions are just preliminary questions to kind of like see where you're at as a hairstylist, as a space. Some of the questions on that intake form are like, do you have um, a a washroom that's not gendered so that anybody can go into? Um, Do you have um, people within your... Uh, you're a company that are in the queer community or allies to the queer community and just stuff like that. So we get, we get a sense of where you are and um, we can go from there, ask you questions. Um, and then we, when you um, join us, we provide you with uh, the guide.
1: Very cool. So helping them Amazing. transition
2: their spaces. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. I saw that you were, I feel like we're shifting gears, but I saw that you were doing something with Panteen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. can you tell us about that project? Of
2: course, yeah, thank you. Um, Pantene contacted me, this was almost two years ago now, and um, they loved what we were doing, they loved that, of course, you know, with them being a hair company, they loved that we were trying to create safer space salons, and we started to work on a project together, and in November of 2019, we launched um, the very first Um, global uh, commercial hair commercial featuring only transgender women Oh, that gave me goosebumps That's awesome. uh, That's awesome. That's nice Um, (laughs) Yeah and uh, it, it was really like it's really lovely. It's a very touching commercial It it was a lot of work Um, that was, you know, being behind the scenes. And um, I flew to Sweden a number of times because that's where we did the filming and everything. And we got all of these influencers um, from Europe to come and be in the commercial. One of them being Angela Ponce, who was Miss Spain 2018, the very first transgender woman, Miss World to um, get titled. Yeah. And it was just like such an incredible experience. I got to talk to all of them individually about what their hair means to them. And, you know, um, growing up, being transgender, coming out their hair, like it was, uh, yeah, it was just such, like, I feel so fortunate still when I talk about that, being able to do that, but that's what we did, and um, we launched the commercial in Europe, and um, now we're just continuing to work, trying to bring um, basically our message to salons everywhere. Um, We also do an event called the Gender-Free Haircut Club, Um, shortly after I launched the dress code project, I realized because of the work that I was doing with the youth groups that we needed to also create safer spaces for young people to get haircuts, marginalized people that can't afford to come into our salons. So we created the gender free haircut club, which is kind of like geared towards the youth. It's a little bit more fun and we do it, um, uh, four hours a day. Um, usually we try to do it once a month at a, at a dress code project salon. They come in, they can get a haircut. The salon owner and this the hairstylist volunteer their space and their time and their skills, and they um, get haircuts for free. It's really lovely as well because all love the that. kids, yeah, all the kids are there together and they're starting to like meet each other and they feel really nice. They're all like you know looking at their haircuts together and having a good time. And we've done that now here in Toronto, uh, Vancouver, Edmonton. Um, California, New York, and uh, in Australia. And it's wow. creating many,
1: many communities with the younger generation, which is really cool.
2: We, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, We had a really cool conversation yesterday when when we met up to talk about the podcast. And, you know, I think we were talking a lot about boundaries. And one thing I, I think that we lack as a community sometimes is... Um, our compassion for another person that might be miseducated. And I, you know, we were talking about how sometimes I've seen, um, I've seen people really get upset and rightfully so, because they weren't, um, they weren't identified with the, the proper pronouns. And, you know, I try to educate people as much as possible that this is an incredible opportunity for you to change the world, right. Through one person. And I think there is a way to set an example, like the queer community set examples um, in the generations before us and pave the way for us, for the younger generations and us as millennials to pave for the next, the next generation. And I think um, I really want to shift the consciousness of our community to be more open to when someone doesn't understand what we're saying, to take the time to educate um, there was this awesome story and I cannot for the life of me in the moment remember um, remember the person, but they are an influencer on Instagram and a mother came to them accusing that her daughter was starting to bind because of this blogger's Instagram. And the mother was very angry with the blogger. And rather than getting angry back, um, they sat there and talked to him and then called the mother on the phone and educated the mother to the point that, even though it started with such anger ended in a space of such love. And that's a lot of times where, um, anger starts from is confusion. So I think I love that you're doing this because I think education is the key thing that I think is the core of your, the project, the dress code project.
2: Yeah. And I love that you brought that up because I think, um, I think a lot of times our community um, says like, it's not our responsibility to educate you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do understand why people do feel that way. Um, But at the same time, you know, we can take, we can have that perspective or we can shift the perspective and say, it isn't my responsibility, but what is my responsibility is making sure that my community grows and that my community is healthy and that my community Mm -hmm. is seen and that my community reaches everywhere possible. And so, you know, I can only speak for myself, but in my mind, um, you know, I think allies are a huge part of our community. And I have, I have one of the best allies as a business partner. She's incredible. I adore her. I adore everything that she um, believes in for our community. Like she, uh, as the CEO of Fox and Jean, she is such an incredible ally to have. She believes in the dress code project and everything that we're doing. Um, It's just, it's super lovely. And I can't imagine saying to her, like, go educate yourself go yeah. figure it out for yourself you know <laughs> um and also i think you and i were speaking about this yesterday said like if, if we weren't doing that and we weren't being open and we weren't saying like this is what you need to know you know we would all be just a bunch of queer people jumping up and down together yeah <laughs> with no gross at I'm all. like we'd be standing there with their signs with nothing <laughs> right? accomplished right? yeah people would just be walking by us because like mm-hmm. you have to you have to be open
0: mm-hmm. i feel like even in like the the queer community as a whole there's even issues between us yes yeah and i that's always been kind of an interesting you know
1: i've been to a bar where the gays and lesbians weren't like it was like literally they separated by gender like, 100%. and i'm like what is happening and, like,
0: and even be even beyond that you have like gay lesbian bisexual asexual. you have all yeah. these different like intersections of sexuality that they kind of just, I feel like maybe they just carved their own path and then then something new comes in. They're like, no, like I just, I just figured this part out. I just figured out how to educate my family or those around me on this. I don't know how to even navigate this next level. And I can feel like, I feel like maybe it induces anxiety for certain people, but Mm -hmm. like you said, talking about it helps. Have you experienced that in the, like, have you experienced some pushback even in the queer community with what you've been doing?
2: I have to say, um, I, I, everyone that, you know, everyone that looks at what we're doing at the dress code project, I think sees it for what it is because there's nothing else behind it. We literally are just trying to make sure that people get a haircut that makes them look the way they feel. Right? Yeah. Like that's it. When you, when you kind of cut it all down, that's all that we're doing. And I think people see that. So I feel like we've been pretty lucky here um, and people are pretty open to that. But I, I also make it really clear when I'm talking in groups and, and you know, when I'm going to things um, and doing, uh, doing talks and whatnot, like if you're not open, there is just, you're just limiting yourself so much. And also, like, don't you want to change someone's mind? Like, yeah. have you ever done that? It's just I such an extraordinary feeling. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Exactly. So <laughs> it's what we do for a living. <laughs> yeah. yeah I imagine. Yeah. So, you know, like imagine somebody's like, like the example you gave that where they're just like, you know, um, why, how could you do this to my kid? Or like, mm-hmm. how could you see things this way? And all of a sudden you're able to have a conversation by being open yourself yeah and and hearing them and hearing their concerns and then just laying it out for them and saying like look like what is the problem here you know and then you're able to walk away and sometimes maybe you didn't um change their mind but you were able to have a conversation about it and maybe that's an open like getting a foot in the door you know yeah I think Uh,
1: it's I think that it's really important um I, I think it's really important to support each other together and especially like it starts as a community right like we need to 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 bind together to be able to um, create that safe space for each other because I think there's there was many opportunities growing up like you said that like you know I remember when I first came out when I was like 19 I you know someone uh, someone in our community said to me you don't look gay and so like what I do I shave my head I wear more masculine clothes even though I really enjoy being feminine and I was trying to fit that mold and then I was just like fuck this like I don't care. What people say and i think I, I wish that i would have had like a safe space that was just like no be your best femme self yeah. girl like do your thing <laughs> totally
2: femmes get it rough all the time
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, i was gonna i was gonna ask for salons out there that maybe they're not part of the dress code project mm-hmm. and maybe they're thinking about becoming a member but what are some things that maybe people are doing subconscious, like they're not, they're subconsciously saying or doing that are maybe causing more problems. Are there things to Mm -hmm. avoid? I know there's things to change and add, but are there also things to avoid that you could, that you could help people understand?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think like, I mean, the way that we see salons now, our first impression is no longer that reception person sitting at the desk, right? It's your website. Or it's your Instagram account. It's social media. Yeah. So I think first and foremost, if you really do want to be inclusive to everyone, and you don't, um, you don't want to have someone just like open their their browser, look at your website, and walk away. Then having gender neutral pricing is a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're a lot you're of somebody, controversy
0: with that one.
2: <laughs> a lot of controversy. Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, I I hear it. <laughs> regularly. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think some people think that I'm the devil for that one. But oh, yeah. it's um it's we you talk know, about it too. Yeah, it's a it's a place to start. I mean, honestly, and and like, you know, I'm in I'm I'm in the generation of Gen Gen uh X, right? So I'm not a younger queer person who is really like knowledgeable with Everything these days, social media, their rights, everything, they are activists. And I'm somebody now that goes to websites. And if I see something that does not represent who I am, I won't purchase it. I will not spend my money there. Yeah. Um, and now you've got these young people that are very, very aware of where they're spending their queer dollars. And um, they're not going to spend it at your salon or your shop if you have gender pricing. I I have heard this so many times from people. They literally will open up your website and go, wow, they have men's and women's pricing. I'm not going to spend my money there. Yeah, exactly. And and like, and my question to those salon owners who still have that, maybe they just don't know. And that's totally fine. Like, let's talk about it and let's change that. But the ones that do and don't want to change it, why? Like what, what is it doing for you that you just, your heels are so stuck that you can't yeah. change that because you won't lose money. Um, that's been proven time and time again, people that have short hair will come to you more often because you, you've reduced their price and mm-hmm. they can now afford to come to you the amount of times that they want to, because let's, let's be honest, as hair size, we know people that have hair, my length or, you know, your length, David, like usually come anywhere from four to eight weeks. They don't want to yeah. come eight to ten weeks right but if they're if they identify as a woman and they have short hair and they're being priced out at a a women's sometimes a hundred dollars more right like right for my hair are you serious right now (laughs) yeah and you know that's,
0: that's the thing is that's I think that's why you know we talk so much about hourly and just charging
1: for your time
0: a fair yeah. price equally. Totally. I mean, if you're going to charge a lot of money, that's fine, but just charge everyone a lot of money.
2: Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I, I charge by length personally at my salon. So we do short cuts, medium cuts, long cuts, extra long cuts. But a really good friend of mine uh, here in Toronto, she charges uh, by time. So she does yeah. like, I think 45 minutes, 60 minutes, and 90 minutes. Yeah. Easy, Most easy. of our
1: students do time as well. And then every fit, everybody fits into that category.
2: Yeah.
0: And I just awesome. do a flat rate. I'm like, this is yeah. how much it is to get the, I just cut hair.
1: To hang If, you, with if me. I cut you hair, <laughs> yeah, if I cut your yeah, hair, yeah. it's
0: this it's this much. It doesn't matter what it is, how long it is. But it just depends on how you set it up. But there's so many ways. that's the thing, is there's a conscious way of you know removing gender from pricing. And then there's so many options of how to do it. It's such yeah, an so easy process. Yeah. yeah. It's, actually, it's actually, I think, right. harder to justify as yeah. we go as we go through time. It just gets harder and harder to justify mm-hmm. different I tell people prices. all the time, I'm
1: like, don't make it comp like you have to make effort to make Charging for your time complicated. Totally, one hundred
2: percent. I'm like, it's, it takes way more creativity to make something complicated. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So, what what's the future of the dress code project? What do you? I know right now you're probably just growing the community and educating the community. But are there? What are you? Can you share any plans that you have for you know new directions or where you want to take the company?
2: Yeah, um, you know, right now in 2020, we decided that we were going to change our website. So we're going to start there as soon as this um, pandemic is. Over and people are starting to go out and get involved again. Um, So we're going to change our website. We're going to gear it towards being more of a resource for salon owners who have joined our community. They'll have special access to a lot of videos that we're going to put up there that will talk about um, essentially everything you need to know about being a hairstylist in a safer space salon. Okay. Um, yeah, we're doing, we're still working, um, in partnership with Pantene. So we're going to be doing some more work in Europe and we're actually speaking to, um, the, the U S, uh, portion of Pantene and hoping that they get on board with us as well so that we can get this like a bit more global in the US. Um, and So speaking to folks like you who have such a platform is really great because people get to know about us a bit more and have can gain access to us easier. And honestly, like our main goal has not changed. We just really want to, um, you know, be on the doorstep of everybody's thoughts so that they can see how easy it is to become a gender affirming hair space and get them switched over so that we can make this a bit more, um, unified. And so we can make it more accessible to folks. Um, cause I'm not sure if either of you have ever experienced someone walking into your salon and saying like, you don't know how terrible it was. I went to this salon and I wanted this haircut and they wouldn't give it to me because of my genitalia. Like, yeah, yeah. it's sad. You know,
0: we used to work in Aveda like schools, and we saw especially i think in like st petersburg we saw a lot of a lot of transgender people and a lot of non binary mm-hmm. people and it was even then that was probably five, 6 6 years ago or more yeah more and even then it was we didn't i mean even working at a school there was no i hope you're talking to schools too because there's no um yeah. there's no vocabulary for it yeah. Um,
2: yeah and it
0: really put people in a It put students and educators and the, and the client in a really awkward position to, to nobody's fault other than we just didn't know what to do with it. And I think putting it in schools and cosmetology schools and just starting really early is such a important thing.
1: David and I had control over pricing, so we would just change the price. Yeah, oh, we would just change it. Yeah, we were like, awesome. you know, she's, she's gonna pay for a we cut. And silent, like, because we, we were, silent were
0: superheroes. We were, yeah, we yeah were just, that's awesome.
2: Your haircut's gonna be this today, you know. Oh, that's so good. I love that. And yeah, David, we are um, looking at schools. I was in, in January, I was at the ISSE in California and met up with a bunch of really great people there who um, we're like, we need to get you in schools right now. Cause it, you know, and it, it's something we've, we've thought of. It's just, uh, as you know, when you're starting things out, you're like trying to like do all of these things. And so yeah. sometimes you, you know, think some things take longer than others, but we definitely want to get into schools. Cause we also think if we educate schools, then we don't have to kind of like start back here we can just start up here and you know and and then when those students go into the hair world and into the hair industry they're already taught that way so hopefully any of them that will open up their salons will open up in a gender neutral manner and then any of them that go to salons that don't have gender neutral pricing will be like hey like what is up with this
0: the goal is almost to shut down dress code project just get, yes. every, just get just make it so just make it part of We would normal, like to ourselves. Lives, yeah. And then yeah. we don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we have many 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 years to go. Yeah, but. I
2: think so. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes. I think it's really important too that um we all come from a, a place of patience, right? Like I used to say um, you know, like we, like I remember when my younger cousin was coming out and I remember telling her um, be patient. Like as long as it took you to come out, it takes people to adjust to that as well. And so um, just because you've come to terms with it doesn't mean other people have. And I think it doesn't mean that someone's against it. It just means they're learning. And I remember um one of my first experiences of uh transitioning into like pronouns in a professional setting was one of my longtime clients started to transition and I was so excited for them, right? And um, but then I realized that I kept messing up the pronouns and I felt really bad on myself. And one thing that they said to me was that just the effort in me trying and being aware of it meant the world. And I think that's really important for both parties to remember of the patience of my client, as well as the effort that I was putting in and how eventually it becomes a
2: normal action, right? A hundred percent. Absolutely. And we teach that um, in our training as well. Um, you know, I think it, it, I love that you said practice patience um, because I think, you know, sometimes when you're changed tra- especially when you're transitioning, talk to a lot of people who actually are, transge- are transgender and through their transition, like, it was exciting for them, right? So they really just wanted to get there and they wanted everyone else to get there mm-hmm. with them. And that doesn't necessarily, like, that is super rare that that happens all at once, right? And, you know, we have... I mean, I do this every single day. I talk to people every single day. My pronouns, are they, them? And I still mess up people's pronouns. It's just <laughs> how it is. Like, yeah. You yeah. you know, you're a human. You can't, um, you can't, it, it's just, it's like anything. We mess up everything regularly because we're not perfect. And yeah. so, but I think what we have to recognize is not um, the goal, but the effort, right? Yeah. And I think it's the effort that matters. It's the effort that makes a, a difference. And, you know, we say practice all the time, like, um, and the way we teach is like, just if, if recognize that someone has told you what their pronouns are um, and try to use them. And if you accidentally mess up, just say, sorry, correct yourself and then move on. It's yeah. so easy. It's like you said earlier, said, like, we're so good at being like genuinely masters of complicating things. Um, <laughs> that it, it's, it's so, and it takes so much effort and creativity, but if you just say like, oh, I'm so sorry to like, I I meant to say her, like she, her, and yeah. then, you know, move on. You've, you've corrected yourself. You've said, sorry. And then you're just moving on. The worst thing you can do, um, I will say this to people is, is like linger on it. Um, because lingering on <laughs> it is, is typically for you. Right? just keep um, the knife in the wound. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and like twist it out and it's it's typically for you it's to try to make yourself feel better it's to try to like have that person that you accidentally um misgendered make you feel better as well um and 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 that really is like making them feel really awkward because then they're like "Mm, you know just move on you know you're like (laughs) like
0: removing the responsibility factor yeah
2: yeah so really it's just like correct yourself again say sorry um use the proper pronouns and move on So you have a special request for all of our listeners. Can you talk about that first? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. What we really try to do on, um, on our handle on Instagram, which is at the dress code project is we try to get folks, uh, send in like most favorably if they have before and after shots of, of transition haircuts. So, you know, like them going into the salon, really not wanting the hair that they had and then getting the hair that they wanted. Um, we love, we absolutely love that. If you tag us in it, we'll reap, post those on our stories um we just love it it's just so fun for us and it's also just so lovely like our, our our the people that um follow us love it and they usually comment on them and like they cheer for them and stuff like that but that's awesome any yeah any kind of haircut at all like if you're just feeling yourself one day you just think yeah. like was gonna delete this but no i'm not like send it to us <laughs> send it our way the dress code project will repost it <laughs> that's right we will repost all of your findings <laughs> Yeah. And okay. if
0: people if people want to be become a member, they just go to your website, thedresscodeproject.com?
2: It's actually dresscodeproject. Oh,
0: dresscodeproject.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And they can just go on there, they hit the join us button, it automatically comes to us and then we'll get back to them.
0: That's Love amazing. That.
2: Yeah. We so,
0: <laughs> <the website. laughs>
2: I was going to say we always
1: end and I warned you of this. I used to with <laughs> a horror story or a funny story or just just an incredible story that you, you want to share to yeah. end on. I was and
0: if like, there's oh more than one, that's great. Too. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> um, you know, I think like uh, an incredible story for me, uh, I have a really funny story that I have to tell you that really, <laughs> I, it was like a, an experience as a hairstylist for me, but I, like an incredible story for me is honestly like, um, just like when I travel and stuff like that, and when I do do big groups and classes, and like when I do do um, things at the ISSC and stuff, like getting all of the questions that I get from folks and stuff, like it is just so heartwarming and it's inspiring to know that people are just so interested. So to your point, Sid, like just wanting to get involved and being inclusive, like that honestly is just what keeps. P, like keeps me going really, you know, it's just knowing that it's, it's so needed and there's a lot of interest. Um, my funny story though, is, uh, you know, when I first opened up my salon, I had this client who is still a regular of mine and just like a pretty funny person. And, um, like kind of like just like a, a bit goofy, you know, um, like, and we we're going to check out and, um, <laughs> I hand yeah I hand I hand through the debit machine right and we're just you know you're you're checking your client out you're chit chatting you're pre you're pre-booking them for the next in Canada have pa-
0: I have to yeah. pause you what you hand in Canada you hand people a thing the debit to check card out.
1: the credit what do you call it a debit machine like the, yeah. Yeah. in yeah. restaurants they do that too I, the first time we taught a class we in Canada, don't do that. they did that and I was like what <laughs> what do you do now give what
0: them you, you just give them the your money the card. <laughs> And they go do it.
1: (laughs) They do it. Okay. So you gave her the debit machine.
2: Yes. (laughs) I
1: handed her the debit machine.
2: Um, And, and we're chatting and, um, and then like, you know, I take it back and I go to give her the receipt and I'm like, oh my God, there's like, insufficient funds here. And she like looks at me and before she like, before either of us look at what's going on on the receipt, she's looking at me, and she's like, no, no, that's impossible. Like, and I'm like, <laughs> like I'm like kind of embarrassed for her. I'm like, oh my God, like, "Sure, you know, I don't know what to do. And then I look and I was like, hey, um, I don't want to say her name, but I was like, um, where are your glasses? And then she was like, I don't know. And then, and she was like, Oh, and they're like on the top of her head. And I was like, you tipped me (laughs) (laughs) $44,000. And she looks at me and she was like, what? Oh my God. And like, and so we like, we, I take it off and we're killing ourselves laughing. And then um, we redo it and we like, yeah, we put the service through again. We redo it. And then she tips me like 20 bucks. And I was like, Oh, $20? That is a far cry from $44,000. Thanks a lot, you know?
1: Can you imagine yeah. if she did oh have $44,000 in her account? Oh, my account, God. The I stock don't... when she got home?
2: Like, No, I don't even know what, what Let's like...
0: Let's be real. I would have packed up my belongings and left the country. <laughs> yeah,
2: I would have been like, thanks, have a great day. I'll see you in six weeks. And I'd be like, out of there. Like, the Canadian Mounted Police would have, like, come knocking on my door or something. <laughs> oh, but my God. it was, God. That, it was really great. funny. Yeah, we laughed That's for a while. Hilarious. And then for a little while, we actually kept the receipt and we taped it. Oh, it's it to, too the, good. to the back. De- yeah, so that you know, I that should forever. actually send it out yeah. and make it like true worth yeah i would have yeah, i would have lied, right. lied yeah. about it and said yeah. oh, this
0: is what people tip this here
2: what my haircuts t- <laughs> are five dollars but the tipping is like <laughs> <it's weird. laughs> my last that plan gave crazy. me
0: forty-four thousand dollars. that's right so
2: yeah, yeah beat that that's right yeah standards are up
0: here yeah. that is so oh fun. my I gosh my i have a i have you heard of the cabinet salon in toronto yes
2: i am actually friends with emma
0: Oh, oh my gosh, okay. yeah, Emma, Emma's we have life talked
2: about you student. already. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: So, Emma came to New Orleans for Bayou St. Blonde, which is one of the events with Left Brain Group. And we were all eating, and Emma wanted to go back. Like, we were all taking our time, and she was ready to go back to the event. And so, she asked the wait staff, She's like, "Can you just bring me the debit machine?" And the wait Zap is like, what? "No, <laughs> like we can't." Like, "No, lady." <laughs> but she, she, she couldn't wrap her head around like why we have to wait to right. like go check out. It was so cute. I hope she <laughs> Oh yeah, to and us like and laughs. you
2: all think that we're just like so kind and sweet in Canada here, but you know, if you're like sitting at your table sure. and you've got your your card in your hand and you're like there's a lot of like, passive. bring the debit mess. machine anytime you're ready i'm ready like holding <laughs> when your my food off, hits bring
1: the <laughs> debit machine <laughs> that's
2: right, exactly you're, oh, oh my, my goodness
0: well that's hopefully great. when this pandemic is over what is the name of your salon
2: oh it's fox and jane yeah
0: oh you're all it's yeah. all fox and jane got it got it
2: yeah yeah we have nine locations so most of them are new york and brooklyn and then we have two in colorado and toronto um toronto is the first canadian uh location
0: yeah. That's awesome. So, so hopefully when this pandemic is over, we can get on a plane and come do this in person.
2: Yeah. That would be lovely. And I know <laughs> that you were, you were kind of scheduled to come here, weren't you? Um, we we, we were, were supposed to, yeah. and yeah. that yeah. did not happen. That stopped, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. <it's> sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That would be shifted great. It, a little bit. it was so great when to we, meet
0: up. Or, or if you ever get to New York, if that ever, I mean, don't yeah. come to New York anytime soon, but. <laughs> yeah, to New York, that would be really great. Well,
2: yeah, again, my <laughs> business partner is in New York, and I do go quarterly, so we'll definitely. Okay. I think that we'll we have between- to do dinner. Yeah, exactly. Between your travel and my travel, um, I think we can we can make it. Let's just meet in Connecticut (laughs) for sure. Let's just have a drink. (laughs) Yes. God knows we need them right now. Oh my
0: gosh! Yes. (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you, Kristen, for coming on. If you all have more questions, I'm sure they can DM you at the Dress Code Project. Totally. Yeah. And and hopefully we'll talk to you very soon. We We have have to
1: bring Max on. Oh yes,
0: Max, come back to us.
1: Hey. You thought we forgot about no. you, didn't we? No, it's
0: okay. Max, Max. I'm so curious about what you learned today. i learned a lot. Um, it's hard to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm always thankful for an opportunity to learn something new, and I'm really yeah. thankful for the LGBTQ plus role models and friends in my life who I've learned a lot
2: from, and just I try and. Learn and listen to as much as I can. Well, and now you I and just and now love you're, Max even do. more. Yeah, it, right. Yeah. I mean, this is like to our point. We we need and love allies, right? You know. <laughs> yeah.
0: And yeah. we and Max, let's not pretend that you didn't have to listen to everything that we said. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I will but. tell all our listeners that Max was supposed to be on a different podcast, and then we booked our time slot, and he got shifted over to us. So, I mean, Thank I'm God. super excited. So,
0: I mean, who else would do it?
1: I know. Who else that wants to great. deal with <laughs> us? <laughs> I, I have, I,
0: we used to have Rich on here. We do miss Rich. Tell him we yeah. said hello. I yes. will. I will.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank we all you. need that to get that. back Thank to you. Lives. Thank yeah. you
2: all for this. But it was really lovely finding, connecting with the two of you. Awesome. Yes, and we will do I, um, I really hope to, yeah, meet up again for
0: sure. Awesome. awesome. All right. Awesome. Have a good day, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.